Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host of the official podcast of the best fantasy football league in the nation, nay, the world. That's right. It is the League of Champions podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is the doghouse. It was brilliant for you to tune in today because we have an amazing episode for you in our, I believe it is the fourth episode of our fourth season. Is that what we're on? Producers? Oh, we don't have any producers? Oh, never mind. I guess I'll have to count the episodes up myself. Um, But we have a week one review today and we have also a ton of big trades to get to. So this episode is jam-packed full of content. As always, we're going to start with the roll call, and I have gone away into a corner and I'm hiding from everyone else. There are no animals around me. There are no people. It is very late at night. Everyone is asleep, and I am sneaking in this recording. Uh, so it is a it is a solo a solo act. Uh, but now, uh, after we've done roll call, we all we have to get to our first interlude. We have to get to our first real segment, and that is going to be the episode MVP. All right, we're going to go a little different direction with this episode MVP. Uh, it was going to be me for so many awesome trades, uh, but I got bumped at the last minute uh, because we got some bad news in our LOC world as the uh, Kelly family lost their dog, Nala. This is the dog house. Uh, Nala lived at our house uh, for uh, the summer of 2018, so she uh, was buddies with uh, Duke and Stella Peaches, so... Uh, the episode MVP for this episode of The Doghouse is the late Nala. Thank you, Nala, for uh, all the love that you provided for the Kelly family. All right. And uh, let's go ahead and hear from one of our sponsors. Do you have a gator? Is it one of them big gators? Do you need me to come get that gator? Well, then you give me a call. That's right. I'm Trapper Jack. If you got a gator, you got an otter, you got any one of them critters that you don't want, you let me know and I'll come get it. I'll make sure he goes to a good spot too. Don't you worry. You give me a call and I'll be right on out there. Okay. And welcome back to the doghouse. And thank you to Trapper Jack for that. Uh, really uh, lovely and awesome uh, commercial, and, and it was just so good, I'm, I can't even think straight. But another reason why I can't think straight is I am, as always, so excited about the next segment. It's my favorite segment. It's the news. That interlude just never gets old, and I mean never gets old. Well, the news is my favorite segment because we get to talk about my favorite part of Dynasty Football, which is the trades. Now, the first trade that we have, we have, how many do we have? We have a bunch. We got mm, 73. No, I don't know, but we have a few. We have a few trades, and they're good ones, too. Uh, So if we remember from the last episode or maybe the last couple episodes, um, 
from the position of winning a championship, I then started selling off some of my high asset pieces for draft picks. And I sell, uh, sent CMC and Diggs away in return for four firsts and Gabe Davis and Devin Singletary and uh, Dobbins and a second maybe also. Don't think so. Maybe I think I made up the second. Um, well, I was not done, turns out. I thought I was, and then it turns out I wasn't done. As I then, uh, as we get into our first trade, uh, I acquired Nick Chubb from BT for Devin Singletary, again, uh, a 24 first and a 23 second. So a first, a second, and Singletary for Nick Chubb. Um, you know, I was having a little seller's remorse. I was worried I was going to be uh, perennially mediocre after s- getting rid of Diggs and CMC, even though I felt I, I, I had to, in terms of getting the roster balanced out appropriately, uh, age-wise, and I just so many old, high-talent guys. I had to diversify a little bit. Uh, but then I turned around and I gra- I used one of those first. Uh, that I got in a second and single turn. I get Chubb. Chubb to me, he's a very strong running back too. I know a lot of people see him as a back end running back one. I see him as a high end running back two. Of course, that means he has the running back one upside on any given week, depending on if he can get in the end zone. Uh, I am very pleased to get his floor. Uh, we all know that I won last year with pretty much getting lucky on streaming running backs um, and that you're not going to do that year after year. So I'm excited about getting a floor for a running back. Um, and I also like how Kareem Hunt is going to be gone next year. BT got a very nice return for a guy that does not catch any passes in our PPR league. Um, now we'll see what he does with those picks, uh, but we are going to see here in a second what he did with Singletary. So when I said a second, I really meant a second because that is the next trade. BT was not done as he turned right around after he got the first, second, and uh, Singletary from me. And he turns around and trades Singletary two firsts and a 23 second. Ooh, that's a lot. Four? Ooh, T. Higgins. Now, first off, we are going to get to Higgins in a second. Higgins is the take-home message. But let's not forget. Let's say, how many times has Devin Singletary been traded in this last week? So I think that was the 93rd time, if I'm, if I'm correct. He got traded in July of 21. And then he got traded four times in the second half of July of 22. So apparently July is Devin Singletary hype train month. Uh, he was pretty funny this year as he kept getting traded as that, or it was pretty funny as, I mean, I guess he was kind of funny too, but he kept getting traded as that serviceable, startable running back, but also not a guy that anyone loves or excited about. But anyway, enough about Singletary, uh, although getting traded four times in two weeks is pretty impressive, uh, <laughs> right? Like, do you know how many people have to not want you and also not mind you at the same time to be traded four times in two weeks. Um, But if anyone can do it, we can here at LSC. So anyway, enough about Singletary. This trade is about Higgins. That is quite a haul for Wolfett. But Higgins was the wide receiver 26 as a rookie and the wide receiver 24 with missing three games last year. 
in his second year. A lot of people think he can finish in the top 15 this year. I'm a huge fan of Higgins. I mean, who isn't? Not only does he have the Cincinnati offense and Joe Burrow, but he also has Jamar Chase on his other side who is getting the double team coverage. So he, he Higgins really controls his own destiny. I also love how BT isn't afraid to go out and get his guy. Uh, so good job spending some of the capital earned by uh, uh, sending off Chubb, uh, who, by the way, is not young. So he sends, he sends off Nick Chubb, who's not young. Uh, get some capital, but then turn around and use that capital and some of it, or at least, uh, to get Higgins, who is quite young. Higgins is going to be a stud for the next, like, 11, 12 years. Uh, so, well done, BT. Anyway, so we go to the next trade. We have Ben Rose grabbing Lazard from Austin for his 24 second. Now, I like it. I'm a fan of Lazard. I wish I had kept him, actually. Um, I think he has a very nice year and finishes as a top three. 30 wide receiver this year, but he's got to get and stay healthy. But uh, like, I think I have a decent read on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers hates rookies, but unlike previous years where he had veterans that he could go to in there and ignore the rookies, he has no one right now. He just has the rookies and he hates it and he's not happy about it. Um, but Lazard isn't a rookie, and he trusts Lazard. So if Lazard can come back healthy and actually getting open and catching it when Rodgers puts it on his hands, then I think um, he's going to be able to put up a, uh, enough fantasy points weekly that he, he can be a guy you can start with confidence. So uh, well done, Ben Rose. Um, let's see, what is the next trade? The next trade is me again. Okay, so I was not done after getting Chubb. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Um, and I ended up... Now, the Chubb, I gotta say, the Chubb deal kind of came to me. BT came to me, and and we just realized our rosters worked well together, and we kept hammering it out, hammering it out, and then we ended up where we ended up. Uh, but for the next trade, I went out and I got Mixon from Stanley for a 24 first, two seconds, and Jamal Williams. I am ridiculously excited about this one, especially when combined with the Chubb trade. Now, I have my running back stable of Mixon, Chubb, Dobbins, Penny, and like a dozen handcuffs throughout the league. So now my RB1 and Mixon, so Chubb can really be like the actual RB2. Dobbins will be taking Chubb's spot probably as early as next year, and Mixon should be a solid RB1 for two to three years in that Cincinnati offense, which you can refer back to my Higgins comments in terms of why uh, I want to piece that offense. So for Stanley, here's another example of my last episodes talking trades into existence. I talked about how if I were Stanley, I would uh, sell off uh, the assets that you could, and then I ended up <laughs> taking my own advice and initiating that, and that trade happened, uh, came to fruition. So, and, and the, like quick sidebar, that was like basically my entire dissertation. You can boil it down to like you can talk things. Oprah's, I accidentally made my dissertation turn out to be Oprah's vision board. Like you can talk things into existence, and if you're looking for some. Um, uh, recent examples, go back and listen to the Eric Wolfitz, all of his rosters with the hot chicks. In each one of them, I gave trades uh, of the 12 teams. I think three out of the 12 trades have actually already happened. Maybe four. Maybe four. Uh, anyway, uh, that sidebar over. Okay, good sidebar. 
Um, let's see what what's uh, what's next. Okay, so the next trade next trade's not a big one. So we all know I love my handcuffs. So uh, I turned around and I got Samaj P Ryan to protect my Mixon investment uh, from Rose for Mostert. Nothing too exciting to see here. Uh, my handcuff for a uh, in case of an emergency break glass running back in, in Mostert, but. Unless Chase Edmonds gets injured, then Mostert, I think, will be good. Um, well, at least until he gets injured. Mostert will be... When Edmonds gets injured, Mostert will be what Jeff Wilson will be this week, uh, now that Elijah Mitchell's out. Um, maybe plus one tick. I think I think Mostert has one more tick of juice than Wilson, but we'll see. Wilson didn't look to have any juice last week, but they also are playing in a monsoon. Anyway, we gotta we gotta move this along. We have so many trades. More trades. We are not done. We have two, three, seven, nine, two more trades. So Adam resurfaces. Welcome back, Adam. Good to see you, buddy. And he acquires Mac Jones from Austin for BT's 23 second. Now, it didn't make a ton of sense to me at the time, but hang in there for one sec because, wait, first, I think Austin did, uh, before, before we get into why that trade makes a little bit more sense on the Adams side, let's take a look at Austin's side. I think he did well there, getting a second for Mac Jones, especially, uh, especially since he already has Trey Lance and Matthew Stafford, and he has Wentz, who I actually just went and had to pick up uh, in one of my redrafts uh, with Dak going down. Uh, so well done, Austin, there. Like I said, it didn't make a ton of sense why he would get Mac Jones since he had Herbert, uh, Adam, that is. But guess what? He was not done. That's right. Immediately thereafter, he makes a trade with BT, and BT gets his quarterback. That's right. BT gets Justin Herbert, the Justin Herbert. And he also gets Josh Palmer, mm, very sneaky, very nice, uh, for Dak, Gallup, and the future Hall of Famer, Damian Pierce. I, I, I really like both sides here. I like that Adam is, uh, I, I think this getting selling off Herbert is the right move. So well done. Just that's the right move right there. Um, and you get Dak back, so you're actually not even stepping down that that far, like a couple ticks, but not like, you know, a crazy, crazy amount. Um, and also, Adam had no uh, running back, young running back talent. And so uh, I believe in Damian Pierce. I think he's going to be a, a good running back in this league. And so I, I like uh, I like that side of it for Adam right there. I think this works for both rosters perfectly, and that's my favorite uh, type of trade. All right, that was the news segment. We had so many trades, and but hey, we did all that in under 12 minutes. That's not too bad at all. It is time to get to the good stuff. We know what that means. That interlude means that it is time for the meat and bolts. That's right. It's the nuts and potatoes. And I am super, super stoked to tell you that the meat and bolts, nut and potatoes for this episode is a week one review. I am very, very excited to get right into it. So let's do it. We always start 
uh, in order of standings. And since this is week one, we'll use the final standings of last year's uh, uh, finish to start this year, which means as the defending champ, I am first. My matchup this week one of the 2022 season was against BT. And to be honest, it ended up not really being that close as my guys came out strong. I ended up with a very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I lost the word. Whatever. Came out strong. Big victory. Pretty easy. Um, but not because of anything BT did wrong. A very average performance on BT side, but I just came out crazy strong. So I ended up winning 195 to 137. My, uh, or the, or the uh, matchup MVP was Devontae Adams. He got 10 catches uh, for 141 yards and a touchdown. That was good for 34 points, 3-4. Oof, that's a big number. He was targeted so many times. I think I heard today that his target share on the day was like 46% or something. It was like, <laughs> I think he had like 17 targets or something like that. Carr was like, I'm not joking. I'm going to throw it to you every damn time. <laughs> like, I love you, brother. Uh, for the bust you, looking over at BT's roster, we, we could give it to Higgins, but he got injured. It wasn't his fault that he got the concussion. So uh, let's go to someone who didn't get injured but also had a poor... Uh, showing and that was etn etn only got four carries everyone in the industry was surprised how much run james robinson got and how little etn got so bt didn't do anything wrong there uh but etn was the bust you uh, for the sneaky start in this matchup i'm gonna go ahead and say that was schultz not a ton of options but uh, he got seven catches for 62 yards i'll take the 13 points you know, with Dak down, um, a lot of people have been asking me. They've been tweeting at me. They've been dropping into my DMs, you know, the gram and TikTok and stuff. Um, but they've asked me, am I nervous about Schultz? And I'm not. And here's why. Um, when backup or rookie quarterbacks are in there, I think the tight end is kind of looked at as a safety blanket. Uh, and so I, I'm not wor- I think he's going to go seven for 62 again and get 13 points again. Um, I think he's going to have a, I think that's his, not his floor floor, but pretty close to his floor. And so I will continue to start him and it'll be a sneaky start. Not really, uh, for the put me in coach, looking at BT's bench, we got AJ Dillon, who I also had on the bench in my other dynasty league, and I am now starting next week. I don't know if BT is, but I know I am. Uh, and we also, it wasn't just AJ Dillon, it was also Waddle was also on his bench, and both got 20 points. And so they both said, hey, put me in. So I'll, we'll have to look up later to see if BT put in Dillon and or Waddle in for, for um, week two. Now, I'd like to remind you that in our previous episode, the sneaky stat included the power rankings, and the power rankings were all about how BT's roster was a thousand times better than everyone else's. And uh, then I was like, uh, I'm the champ, and I put up 195. And, but I went to beat everybody. I would have beat 10 teams, but not 11. Speaking of the team I went to beat, let's go ahead and look at the next matchup. It is Wyland versus Pierce. That's right. The 
Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride, Wyland versus Dr. Detroit. Oh, I have a doctor question for Pierce. Pierce, that's a great, I'm gonna, I was going to ask you on the chat and I forgot, so I'm just going to ask you in the podcast. Herbert is out with broken cartilage. How does one break cartilage? I thought you tear cartilage or rupture cartilage. No, like, yeah, I thought you tear cartilage or something else, but not break and break a bone. Uh, obviously, that's not the case, as they're saying Herbert broke his cartilage, his rib cartilage, which, when, again, when I think, I know it's cartilage, but when I think ribs, I think bones. So we're talking about breaking stuff, but he doesn't have broken bones. Can you please go on the chat and explain how his broken rib cartilage, how cartilage can break and how his broken rib cartilage is not a broken rib. And don't tell me because literally his rib isn't fractured. I, I get that part. It's like, but break it down, break it down. Let's use that doctorate for something, you know, influential and, and helpful for LOC. I mean, I know you're helping other people out there, but let, let, let's get that working for LOC. Uh, look, I, that was a long-winded story. Let's talk, this matchup, it didn't matter. It was pointless. Pierce is tanking. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but also, it wouldn't have mattered because Wyland was going to beat everyone this week. Wyland got the week uh, high score, the week one high score within LOC uh, as the only team to top 200. He comes in at 203, and Pierce didn't score 203 points. Pierce scored 74, so it was 203 to 74. So that's probably the largest a victory we've had as well. The MVP is Jamar Chase. 10 catches, just like the last MVP with Adams. 129 yards and a touchdown. Good for 33 points. So Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams had almost identical stat lines, except for Adams got 12 more yards and one more point. Um, so very interesting. In the top two teams, in the top their MVPs are both are their their best wide receivers who got equal stat lines. Uh, the bust you for Pierce is going to be Jalen Rager with a zero. Really, Jalen Rager? Like zero? Okay. Like really? Come out and show us something in week two, because like seriously, bust you. Uh, the sneaky start for R Dub it was Jarvis Landry. Oh man, straight off the used car lot. Seven catches for 114 yards, good for 22 points. Nice sneaky start there, Ardeb. Uh, looking at Pierce's bench, and again, we'll talk about this more a little bit later, uh, but the put-me-in coach is going to be Drake London. He got uh, 74 yards on five catches, the rookie in his debut. That was good for 12 points. Um, so good job, Drake London. He says, put me in, Pierce, so put him in. Uh, let's go on to the next. So uh, Ardeb and myself, uh, who met up in the championship last year, uh, uh, had uh, not not too much, much problems getting through week one, uh, especially for Ardeb there. Looking at number third uh, in the third matchup in third place last year was Austin, uh, and he was up against Jason Kelly this week. This was our closest matchup, if I remember correctly. And Austin edged out Jason 149 to 139. But, oh, wait a second. Jason's 139 means something. 
That is a new interlude, and that is because we have a new title for this week one of the 2022 season. We are unveiling the title of Mr. Unlucky. Mr. Unlucky is going to go to whoever scored the highest amount of points, who had the highest score, I should say, while losing. So I'm going to tally these during the year. But this week, unfortunately for you, Jason, you are Mr. Unlucky as you scored 139 points, which is going to be above average, spoiler alert, um, but was not enough as Austin scored 149. Well done, Austin. So, so far, the first, second, and third last year won in week one. Um, we will p- p- uh, continue to uh, check out the doghouse in future episodes as we can see who Mr. Unlucky is from week to week. The MVP of this matchup, of course, was Cooper Cup. So once again, another top-end wide receiver, three matches, three top-end wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup as the MVPs. In this uh, stat line, uh, Cooper Cup got 13 catches that's right 13 on 128 and a touchdown for good for 36 points well done well done uh the bust you is wait hold hold on um index finger and thumb up near right ear yes producers what i don't have any okay um it turns out that I am not going to be doing this episode solo. That is right. There is one person who we've all been hoping would join us, and he is here. We are currently in the doghouse, but let's throw it over to the cat box. What's up? What's up? Cat box calling into the dizzy house, the doghouse league of champions. Everybody's uh, either 1-0 or 0-1. Great time of year. All right, guys. Oh, Needham, thank you so much for joining us live from the cat box. Here at the Doghouse, we appreciate your presence always. And all of our fans, that's right, all three of our fans love it when the cat box can join the Doghouse. Here, I got a question for you. I, I got to catch you up a little bit. You and I spoke uh, earlier this week about Devin Singletary. And so I I wanted you to know, I had mentioned it already, um, but we picked up in the Chubb trade. Like you and I talked about how we were kind of in the middle. So let let me know. I just, I got to know what is your take on Singletary getting traded a billion times? So the one thing you said, you're going to start from the Chubb trade this week. And what I really want to point out is you're going to go to the Chubb trade and on, and that's really only the midlife or the midpoint of the entire chain of Devin Singletary. And I really want you to elaborate on the whole Devin Singletary chain of events. I mean, he was used as a chip. Um, Pretty impressive because... I don't think he's a bad player and I would have liked to have ended up with Singletary on my squad. Um, But, you know, I was not part of that, um, that rapid fire Singletary gets sent everywhere. But uh, yeah, started with one team, ended five teams later, I think, or four teams later at at the minimum. No, I know it was totally nuts. And uh, I'm glad I, I think 
Him getting traded four times in two weeks is worthy of getting brought up again. So thank you uh, so much for bringing that back up. Um, Nino, I was in the middle of, uh, you know, Mr. Unlucky this week is Jason Kelly. And so he lost to Austin and uh, I we did the MVP of the matchup. It was Cooper Cup with his 36 points. And the bust you was Mike Williams. He got three points on two catches for 10 yards. So Mike Williams, bust you. I mean, we get it. You're boom or bust. Uh-huh, yeah. But seriously, bust you. you. You're supposed to do a lot more this year. So pick your game up for week two. Uh, spoiler alert, he does. Uh, the sneaky start, like I don't really see a sneaky start for Austin. So let's go ahead and give Kelsey some love. He caught eight catches for, uh, or he had had eight catches. He caught eight balls uh, for 121 yards and a touchdown. Good for 29 points. If we look at Jason's roster, the put-me-in coach is going to be Dontrell Hillard. He got 69 total yards and two touchdowns for 22 points. So that is your first three matchups. Before we get into the last three matchups, we have a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Doghouse brought to you by Strawberry Waterloo Sparkling Water. When your bubbler has run dry and evaporated, or you're just looking for something handy to put into your bong, don't reach for the tap. Not that crusty old tap water. Pour in some Waterloo Strawberry Sparkling Water, and you'll be pleasantly surprised that even the crustiest old scratch dirt weed will have a pleasant strawberry hint of flavor to it. It's amazing. I wish somebody told me this 20 years ago. And we're back. Uh, what a phenomenal commercial that was. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I believe the cat box may have secured that commercial. Our next matchup we have is it was actually our closest matchup. I might have incorrectly said Jason and Austin's was our closest matchup, but no, the most, the closest matchup we had, the narrowest victory that we had. I think, let me just double check. Yeah, um, was in the Ben Rose and Eric Wolfett matchup. We had Rose ending up victorious by only five points, a one thirty-seven to one thirty-two. Uh, ben getting a little lucky, winning with the one thirty-seven. Uh, the MVP. For Ben, with 360 yards passing and five touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes gets 38 points and the MVP for this matchup. The bust you, it's a tie because both Devontae Smith and Big Irv, Irv Smith, so the Smith brothers, both or the Smith cousins, we'll call them, both scored zero points. That's right, zero points. So it's a double bust, you. I mean, hell, Wolfett was only lost by five, and he had two guys who scored zero points. So uh, Ben will, will take that victory and say thank you. And hey, like I always say, better to be lucky than good. Uh, the sneaky start for uh, Ben, I don't really necessarily see a sneaky start, so let's give some love to CEH. Uh, week one, CEH, 74 total yards with two touchdowns. Good for 20. 22 points. 
you know, uh, for week two, CEH is going to want to get at least another 40 yards more than that. 74 is just not going to cut it. It means you got to get in the end zone. And I'm not saying he's going to get in the end zone in week two, but he's going to want at least 114 total yards. Uh, the put me in coach is going to be, uh, this is being recorded before week two games have started. Uh, so uh, the put me in coach is going to be equanimity, not, not, my but equanimities, St. Brown. So equanimity St. Brown with nine points. Uh, it's, it's not that the nine is impressive. It's just Devonte Smith was that bad. So that's a, uh, a nine, uh, a plus nine uh, a difference there. So, like, also, you know a guy hasn't made it when you still have to use his full name in terms of Devontae Smith. Dude, you're not even considered uh, when the name Devontae is even referenced. And we'll, we'll get into some other Devontae's in a second. We've already had Devontae Adams. I bet there's another Devontae to come. Um, we are going to go to our next matchup, which is Stanley and Booby. Uh, Booby, the former champion. Oh, Wolf, it was a former champion, too, in the last matchup. Uh, Booby, former champion, uh, ended up winning uh, by a total of 158 to 101. Uh, the MVP was Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 184 yards. Yeah, I'll take 20 yards of reception. And two touchdowns. Jeez Louise, have a game. Uh, Jefferson, I didn't write how many points that was, but um, I think it was over 40. Um, I wish I would have wrote that down. Uh, sorry, baby. Come, come, I think I saw a BT mention today that it was 40 points. Damn it. All right, let's look it up. I didn't want to. I really, I, I really didn't want to, but look, Justin Jefferson is just that good. I am confident that I can do this really really quickly and as i bring it up 43 points because uh yep nope just nine out of 11 targets nine receptions 184 two touchdowns and he had a catch that was over 40 yards uh, we'll talk about that in a second the bust you off of stanley's roster is kenny galladay oh my god is there a bigger bust since signing a lucrative contract than Kenny Galladay has been in the last year in a game. It is ridiculous. Uh, that dude has problems. Uh, I hope he's injured. I hope he's injured or has some sort of like literally some illness that would explain this because it, it looks like he got a bunch of money and then decided he doesn't want to work anymore. Uh, the sneaky start for Booby was Michael Thomas. He got five catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns in his return. Uh, good for 23 points. Look, the name Michael Thomas isn't sneaky, but we really had no idea what to actually expect. Uh, put me in coach is Alex Highsmith. Well, of course it is. I wouldn't choose an IDP, but he did get 29 points on Stanley's bench. How did he get that? Nine tackles, four quarterback hits, three sacks, and a forced fumble. Have a game. We have one more matchup, and before I... Uh, well, here I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say the score. The final score was Needham doubled up Adam one fifty six to seventy seven. More than doubled him up technically, by two whole points. Uh, doubled up Adam one fifty six to seventy seven. And look, I will get in to to my comments, but Needham, you are here with us from the cat box. I gotta know what did you think of your uh, week one matchup? Yeah, that match with Adam. You're asking me about that. 
Um, was it really a match? Kind of felt like an extension of preseason. Um, you know, Adam's team hasn't, I don't think, hit the field yet. Uh, they look kind of like the NFL teams that we're watching. Uh, I expect more from him, either via by trade or improvement or something. But, uh, you know, uh, it was a good warm-up tune-up for me. Always love starting the year 1-0, right? Who doesn't? That's just, I mean, everybody wants to. Only half of us do it. Hopefully I can get to 2-0. Typically only 25% of the league is going to get to 2-0. Would love to do that. Um, 25% of the league typically is going to be 0-2. I'm positive Jason Kelly doesn't want to do that. But more, more on Jason Kelly to come. Oh, I definitely want to get your uh, week two preview for your upcoming matchup, the Army Bowl. But first, let's go ahead and wrap up the week one review as your match is the last one. We said the score. We heard your take. And the MVP for the match is the newly acquired and new shiny toy, Stefan Diggs, with eight catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown with Bonus points for a touchdown over 40 yards. All right, sidebar. I started to get worried that the points were messed up for over 40 and over 50 bonuses. Like not knowing if an over 50 touchdown included the over 40. So I looked it up and we don't have any bonus points for anything over 50. Our big play bonuses are for anything over 40. We have one line, it's set at 40. You get one point for a 40-yard pass, reception, or run, and you get two bonus points for a 40-yard pass, uh, run, or receiving touchdown. And so inherently, if you get the touchdown version, you also get the, the other point. So it's you either get one for a 40-yard play or three if you're – Big play resulted in a touchdown. So back to the MVP for Needham. Uh, Diggs with his 8-1-22-1 and one, uh, gets 40. Uh, uh, w- oh, I'm sorry, with the bonus of over 40 touchdown. I can't read my own writing, sorry. That netted him 32 points. Um, and also Devontae and Chase had reception bonuses, but they didn't get the over a 40 touchdown bonus. So three points versus one point, like I just said. The bust you is Devontae Parker. Now, this Devontae episode continues, right? So Adams is the only Devontae who can just like claim the first name. By the way, Javante, the only Javante is actually a kid. He's only in his second year. But the Smith version of Devontae is the Devontae that's on a bust alert. And the Parker version of Devontae is the Devontae that is on his way out. So... Bus you, Devontae Parker, with your two points and two catches. Uh, ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I said two points and two catches. Uh, I, I wonder if there were two catches for zero yards. I think it was one catch for ten yards, so I got the two points. Regardless, bust you, Devontae. The sneaky starts. Let's go ahead and give it to Bateman. Look, I don't really think Bateman is much of a sneaky start. Um, I'm pretty high on Bateman this year, but... I think it'll fit for for this segment. For the put-me-in coach, as we look at Adam's roster, he has Corey Davis. Corey Davis, it's puts me in as he hauls in six uh, of his 10 targets for 77 yards. So well done, Needham. 
Um, we are going to get into an old trade here in a second, which actually just happens to be one of your old trades, actually one of your first trades, if I remember correctly. Uh, but first, I was wondering if you have any thoughts about your week two matchup as we get a little week two review going. Preview. We did week one review. Now it's week two. Yes, week two. All right, here we go. Jason Kelly. All right. Band of Brothers, all that shit. Sergeant America. I still want to take him down. I still want to finish 2-0. Why not? Um, I know he does not want to be 0-2. As I said before, 25% of this league is going to start off 2-0, and 25% of this league typically will start off 0-2. Uh, I hope to be on the one side of that. Um, what do I think? Yeah, I'm going to win. I'm going to crush his soul uh, um, during Monday Night Football uh, and give him... Uh, you know, uh, post-traumatic Monday night stress disorder because uh, of two teams getting them on Monday night. That's my plan. I'm sticking to it. Post-traumatic Monday night stress disorder. That is definitely going to be the title of this episode. Uh, You are hilarious, and I love you. All right. So thank you for your (laughs) week two preview. Um, easier said than done, I know, but, uh, let's, let's see what you can do in this week too. All right. So we have finished the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. So it is time to get to one of my absolutely favorite segments. Let's review an old trade. Well, I love the part of the episode where we review an old trade. Uh, let's remember that the last episode we went over the uh, Todd Gurley trade from November of 2020. This trade was also, this next trade was also in November of 2020. Uh, and it was actually the one where Wyland got a third from Needham for an IDP. You remember who that was? I'll give you a second. It was Blake Martinez, of course. Wait, who? So Wyland got Martinez off of waivers three weeks uh, before sending him to Needham for a third, uh, and he got him for three fab. So he turned three fab into a third-round pick. Uh, Martinez ended up scoring 200 points that season, uh, but he tore his ACL in week three of last year, and then he was a surprise cut two weeks ago. Uh, Needham dropped him after his ACL. Interestingly, he signed him again six months later in March of 22, but then he just dropped him again. Wait, wait a second. He just dropped him, like as in like last week. Uh, How appropriate that we're talking about it in this episode then. Uh, But that's enough about an IDP. Let's see what Wyland did with that pick. It was Needham's 22 third. Uh, Needham's third ended up being the 302, and it ended up not belonging to Rick. It was BT's. So tune into future episodes to see how Wyland shopped this third, which ended up being the 302. By the way, BT picked Hassan Haskins and now uh, with a 302, and now I'm going to be looking up to figure out who that is. Okay, he's the fourth-round running back that Tennessee just drafted. I like that landing spot for him. I don't know anything about him personally, but I like the landing spot. Um, But hey... Needham is here from the cat box. So Needham, tell us what the trade was like from your perspective, please. 
You gonna bring up old old stuff like a Blake Martinez for a third trade? Look, um, still, you know, I got a good solid year. I know I just cut him, uh, but for a third, I got more points out of him than most people get with their thirds. So it was a good trade. I needed uh, defense. The previous owner, remember, I was correcting a hole. The previous owner um, really didn't have any strong uh, defensive IDPs for you know producing points. Uh, Blake Martinez was a tackle machine that season before he got hurt, uh, and uh, you know you can take a two hundred point defensive player any day of the week for a third. So done deal. No regrets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was a third-round draft pick. I like the numbers that you got for him when you got him. And let's go ahead and move on to, well, I'd say it's our final segment. It's usually our final segment, but I don't think it's going to be our final segment tonight. But let's move on to our random stat. So for our random stat, let's talk about tanking. In a classic LOC chat moment, it was a random Thursday, and Wolfett had to write an email chastising a bunch of dummies. He was stalling, and he did what I love to do, which is just to type whatever I'm thinking about in the LOC chat, or if there's anything league-specific on my mind, that'll also take the lead. So Wolfett decided to bring up Pierce's tanking. Now, Pierce benched a couple of his better players this last week and everyone stated their case and we end up going back to our day uh, but let me tell you the part that I care about it's not the integrity of the league it's not the seating getting fucked with it's the average score I honestly all by myself Sunday in my in, a, in the room completely by myself said out loud when I saw that Pierce didn't actually put his better players in, I said to my, I said out loud, he's fucking up our average score. So for random stat, we know I like to do my average scores. Week one, I was very interested in seeing if the average score would be different. Remember, the average score is typically around 144. That has always been the typical uh, average score. It gets a little bit higher in the playoffs. Uh, for week one, let's do the calculations. It ends up being 138. See? God damn I knew Pierce messed up my average. <laughs> All right. So if we do a little bit of a deeper dive, we look at his points that he left on the bench, and he left 24 points on the bench. So he could have gotten closer to 100 points total overall. Um, if Pacheco, Wilson, and London were started ahead of the three tank skanks, uh, then his average would have been 144. No, I'm just kidding. It gets up to 140. Uh, so basically, uh, our guys were a tick off in week one, and I think that's the preseason effect, kind of like Needham was talking about uh, earlier. I think the NFL players had a little bit of a preseason effect. I think week one, I may have already said this, is the – I think week one in the NFL is the uh, old week two of the preseason since they're kind of taking preseasons off now. But anyway, so Pierce didn't actually mess up the weekly average score. 
Uh, and that's great because that was our random stat. Now, I said that that was going to be our last – well, no, I said that probably wasn't going to be our last segment of the of the evening of this episode. We do need to start wrapping it up, but I, I got to throw it over to the cat box because um, I know who's the actual content producer on the show, and it ain't me. But before we actually hold on and go to move on to go to some new content, let me actually first ask you, what are your thoughts about Pierce tanking? Hell yeah, Pierce can tank. He can tank every year for all I care. Let him take 10 years in a row if he wants. Um, I'm still going to talk shit about it, but it's it's up to him if he wants to continue to donate. I'm trying to make some withdrawals uh, out of this league, you know, so... Uh, um, if somebody wants to keep making deposits, uh, you know, there's gotta be guys who want to take the withdrawal and, uh, yeah, sign me up one less player to worry about. Let's do this. All right. I like that take. Now I, I teased it a second ago. Uh, I hear that you had something else that you wanted to bring up or, or possibly ask is, is there, was there, what's on your mind, my friend? All right, well, so I have a question then back at you, and I'm willing to answer it too after you answer it, but do you have a trade that you regret making, and do you have a trade that you regret not making? And that's over, what, three-plus years, so, I mean, it hasn't been that many. You haven't had that much opportunity, but, like, think about that. Good questions. So I would say the trade I regretted making the most was trading the original AB trade. Now I will say that I was able to undo that by getting Debo back, by trading AB back to Austin. Uh, Not the first time that Austin and I have... Uh, CMC was not the first time that he and I traded back and forth a couple studs at that time Uh, so I don't regret it as much now but boy did I regret that one for like a year and I just I did not enjoy the feeling associated with that one so that definitely is is over the course of the of the league that has been the one I regret the most the trade I regretted not making you know, I don't I haven't had any offered to me that I turned down that I've regretted. I I, I wondered if I was gonna regret not getting Elijah Mitchell with CMC originally. Um the first time Austin and I discussed the CMC trade, it was with Elijah Mitchell and it broke down and then we double backed to that trade without Elijah Mitchell, but the first time we talked about it, he was in there. And I thought I'm, I, I, I was worried about his health. And so now here we are after week one and he's already out for two months. Um, but look, hey, even a, a broken clock's uh, right twice a day. So I, I, I 
don't, all that to say, I don't necessarily have one I regret not making. I usually make the trades that I, <laughs> if you bring a trade to me, uh, we're, we're probably going to, and it's, it makes sense based off our rosters, then we're probably going to end up uh, swinging a deal there. Anyway, but what, what about for you, Needham? What are, same question right back to you. So the easy one for me is the trade I did not make, and that was Austin, Brent Torres, and Rick Pierce all offering me the 102 draft pick uh, for Chase. And I turned it down. And I should have taken any of those. Th- but um, that's, the, that's the trade I should have made and regret not making. All right, and what about uh, regretting a trade that you did make? I actually have about two or three trades I should not have made. But um, sitting around pontificating on this, I came up with the most recent one I shouldn't have done, which is um, sending A.J. Dillon and Davis Mills away for a 2023 first. I do covet the 2023 firsts, which is um, why I went for it. Um, but I didn't really have a reason. Like, I didn't need to get rid of those two players. Like, I was really trying to get rid of other players when that offer came. But I thought it was good value, so I took the trade. It still might work. We never know. Um, neither Davis Mills or A.J. Dillon has blown up. And we don't know what I'm going to pick next season. But that's a trade I wish I didn't. Now, I think it's fair to say that we are both uh, enjoying our evenings over here in the doghouse in the cap box. And, but it's, it's not just that we are enjoying. I would like to know how uh, we're enjoying it. So, uh, Anita, why don't you tell me a little bit about paint a picture for us over there. Are you asking what I'm uh, imbibing on? Yeah. Um, I literally have a Waterloo strawberry, which I poured into a bubbler. The bowl is filled with a mystery surprise mince meat pie uh, of uh, just it's the catch jar where when I'm, I just start pouring everything into that jar at the end of knowing what they once were to top it off. Uh, uh, a side of a joint and I'm having a pretty good night sitting in the cat box talking to my good friend in the dog box dog house sorry and I'm enjoying myself over here as well uh, the <laughs> the the flavored water in the bongs really really nice touch just gotta say that's 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 a pro move right there so what what I'm also wondering is you know this is not our first episode from the doghouse and the cat box. And, and I'm just kind of curious, you know, as um, back when I was a therapist, not just doing violence risk, uh, sometimes you, you, you kind of stop and, and check in and be like, how is everything going for you? What, what, how's just the overall uh, therapy experience going for you? For if your client is not enjoying their uh, time, you're going to want to figure it out before they just bolt. And so what I'm, I'm just kind of flashing back to that. So I'm curious, 
what is it like for you now recording these podcasts from the cat box? No, it was super strange at the beginning having a conversation with you via a podcast. But now it seems pretty second nature. Like this is the conversation and uh, it's always interesting. It always goes somewhere, whichever way. It's not like we plan the direction. Um, So no, I've actually, uh, I've gotten quite used to it. Um, It's no longer strained and it's just uh, a fun way to spend an evening with you. Oddly, via or through a podcast. Uh, it's just the mutual admiration society over here. I'm enjoying myself as well. Now, before we wrap up, I have one last question. I have been recording, so I have not been paying attention to the chat. I actually have to turn the notifications for sleeper off uh, so that the, <laughs> the recording doesn't get disrupted from all the buzzing, which I love. Uh, I love that my phone's constantly buzzing with LOC chat notifications and make sure I have every single notification on. But you said there was some reference about, I know Booby said he'd record in like 24 to 48 hours. I was just like, yeah, no, that's not what we're doing. We're recording right now. You knew we were recording right now. Uh, But I guess you were saying there was like, or not you were saying, can you please tell me? I guess I had, uh, someone was telling me, I can't remember who now, that Booby was making some like threats on the chat, not actual threats, but like recording doghouse threats can you you, bring me up to speed oh you you want me to address booby trying to threaten me via the chat about what he's gonna say okay let's hear it what's booby got okay i'm short i'm fat i'm old uh oh my wife is the boss of me um have i hit any of his uh best hits or should i say regurgitation uh for lack of uh, an original thought coming out of him or an original burn. Um, you know, which one's he going to hit me with or which collection, right? That's really all it is. It's the same stuff over and over. Get some new material, booby. Uh, can't wait to destroy you week 10. I love that you already know exactly which week you're going up against Booby. Now, look, Needham, I can go back and forth with you all night long. Matter of fact, we have. And it is currently 1.18 in the morning. Joey's soccer game starts in about seven and a half hours uh, or-ish. Uh, so I probably should get going. But look, I want to thank you so much for your contributions. I want to thank everyone for listening. Look, we are awesome. You're awesome for listening. And with that, cue music. We're out of here.